Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Mind Your Business. You know, of late, the clanking and whirring of construction machinery. <laughs> That's me doing some sound effects there. It's kind of been music to our ears, if you think about it, because the industry was at a standstill for a while, right? Just two years ago, construction work sites resembled abandoned ghost towns, measures enforced to suspend a lot of construction work to stem the transmission of COVID-19. Well, here we are in present day, unimaginable uh, that the construction industry to not only recover, but also bounce back with strength. At the start of the year, the Building and Construction Authority, or BCA, projected that the total construction demand for this year, 2022, will be between $27 billion and $32 billion. But underneath this positive news, construction professionals have newfound concerns. While more projects on the horizon may look great on paper, can they actually deliver on their promises? On line with me this morning is Bruce Wells, who is Vice President of Asia for Procore. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Elliot. Thanks for having me on your show this morning. Thanks a lot for joining me. I want to find out a little bit more about your company, Procore. It's an American construction management software as a service company founded back in 2002. Tell us a little bit more about it. Sure. Yeah, we're a leading provider solely focused on supporting the construction industry uh, and a firm believer in bringing everybody in the ecosystem together. Uh, as, as we'll probably talk about today, there's a lot of inefficiencies in the way in which construction projects are, are run. And Procore's focus is about driving efficiencies by connecting people together, single source of truth, um, to basically yeah, add some technology to drive, um, reduce risk and drive efficiencies within the business. Yeah. What is Procore's presence like here in the region? Yeah, so we, we, we set up our, our first uh, APAC office about five years ago, um, and we now have uh, we've got about a uh, thousand some odd customers across the APAC region. Uh, we've got an office now in Singapore. We're staffed up uh, there um, to about, I think we have a 26 staff now in our Singapore office, uh, supporting ASEAN and uh, Greater Asia as well. Mm. So I said earlier on that uh, the BCA projected for construction demand for this year, 2022, to be between $27 billion and $32 billion. I do want to talk a little bit about this. I mean, the question is what's driving this, but is it that high simply because of what we lost out on two years ago? Yeah, good, good uh, question. And I think I'll, I'll link it back even to your first one about okay. Procore's investment in Asia because – we're seeing you know, tremendous growth. This is even you know, pre-COVID um, as well as now what we're seeing here. I, you know, there's a couple of things that are at, at, at play here. So you've got the backlog. So we're coming out of two years of obviously a COVID storm where everything was shut down. I like what you call the ghost towns of yeah. construction sites. Um, and obviously there's this big backlog. So that's the first thing that's opening up. But the, but the demands of the construction industry that existed pre-COVID are still there in terms of if you look in housing and infrastructure, and, and this isn't just for Singapore, but across the entire region. Um, so all those demands are there. In fact, they're probably greater because of the, 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 the inability to execute uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, and there's some exciting new projects as well. I think uh, the prime minister recently talked about getting um, – Changi 5 going again, the yeah. restructuring of uh, Pyalara uh, Air Base as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, a, there, there's, 
there's two things, I guess, that, that are driving this, um, uh, the, I don't know, floodgates opening back up. Um, so the demand hasn't, hasn't reduced, but we've had, you know, a couple of years where we haven't been able to actually execute against some of that. Right. There is also, whenever this opportunity presents itself, there are also trends that tend to come along with it. I mean, you brought up the whole Paleba Air Base and, you know, how that's going to be totally changed. There was conversation about facing buildings a certain way so that wind direction helps cool the building off. Trends, opportunities, setbacks. What are you seeing here with regard to, you know, the next five years of the construction industry? Actually, I think the, the construction industry is going to go through an incredible transformation. Mm. Uh, it is going through that now, but I think the speed of that transformation is going to be accelerated here. Uh, and it, part of that's going to be off the back of COVID. You know, this, okay. again, this backlog needing to do more. Um, yeah, what's the the uh, the expression? Necessity is the mother of all innovation. I think <laughs> uh, I think we're I think the construction industry is certainly living that. And you know, you've touched on some of the design thinking that's that's entering the marketplace in terms of thinking about how do we build smarter, more efficient, uh, obviously from an eco-friendly perspective. Uh, and the industry in general has seen, um, well, if you also look on top of that, but there are some significant headwinds that are, are hitting this. Uh, material costs. Uh, yes. I think you can't yes. pick up the newspaper or, or read anything in the media without seeing things about supply chain and, and material costs. Um, and that's real for the construction industry, of course. I believe I read that the steel price, uh, well, not too long ago, was double what it was pre-pandemic. Um, staff issues. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, labor shortages. Um, a number of uh, folks that have gone finally got to go home after two years of maybe not being seeing their family. Mm. Although I guess you know we do see more more workers coming in, but in general across the industry, there is also a, 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 a labor shortage. So there's we've got some great um, headwinds and some formidable uh, um, or great tailwinds and some formidable headwinds hitting the industry at the same time. And it's also quite interesting, right? When you look at the construction industry, everyone wants a smart home or smart building constructed. Yet at the same time, the industry on the inside isn't the best known for being super digitalized. Where is it at now? Has it picked it up a lot more? Yeah, I think in a way that's probably, you know, okay, I think from the outside in, that, that certainly looks that way. But I think there's some compounding factors around okay. it. So certainly prop tech has been, I think initially you saw it in the design side and you, you know, alluded to some of the you know, innovative design thinking that's going in, certainly on facilities management. When you mm-hmm. think about the actual building and the construction, um, you know, this isn't a, a, a clean office environment, right? The yeah. construction, it's difficult, it's dirty, uh, often dangerous as well. And so the so bringing technology into that hasn't been as easy as, you know, deploying a new software on a desktop. Um, so I think the, the, the industry has been a lagger, but for a few different reasons. One is the, the environment itself in which you're trying to deploy tech. Okay. Uh, the other thing is the, the, the technology that really is in the industry or most of it is, is in point solutions. So solving for one particular problem or one aspect but often what that results in is it's great for that one need, but it may create more data silos, more mm. uh, miscommunications, et cetera, which, and, and this is at the core of for Procore, what we're focused on is about connecting all that together. We don't have to invent and develop everything, but create an open platform and 
pull everybody together. So you can drive those efficiencies that I think have been lagging um, in the industry for too long. Mm. Let's talk about that Proco and its technologies. I mean, describe, I mean, some that you would consider game changers for the industry. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think because of the, I, I hate to call it maybe that low base or the perception of that low base. <laughs> I get what you mean. It, it, there, there are, I, I guess we look at the tech and cross kind of yeah. multiple areas. One is the, the foundation. I'm sorry, maybe, you know, pardon the pun, but <laughs> building the foundation. Um, and this is about just better communication, making sure everybody's working off the right plans at the right time. And, and if there are concerns or issues, being mm-hmm. able to escalate that in real time to the right people. Um, and while that may sound pretty basic, you know, this, this is still um, one of the biggest sources of rework in the industry is miscommunication or people working off the wrong information. So the core of this is you've got to get the foundation right. And there's probably a couple principles of that is, and that's making sure everybody's connected on to one platform. So whether you're the owner, developer, subcontractor, everybody connected. So there's reducing those data silos and making sure everybody's got the greatest the right information at the right time uh, to do their job. Mm. So I'm making it pretty basic, but that is really the foundation. And then once you have that, this is when I, I think what's going to happen in the industry is we're going to see this moving from kind of defense to offense. So defense is what I'm talking about, risk reduction, reducing rework, um, getting that right, and then moving to offense. And this is where you can start using machine learning and AI to be able to predict and prevent um, there's a lot of data in, in the industry, whether that be um, construction data, material data, labor data, um, equipment data, um, but it's not getting harnessed. And I think this is what we'll see over the next four or five years is we'll see a, a greater increase in using technology to drive much greater efficiencies in the whole end-to-end process. Mm-hmm. In the recent uh, Procore How We Build Now survey found that construction businesses are seeing the value of using data more efficiently. And you have been talking about how it can give construction businesses a bit of a competitive edge. Is it safe to say that, you know, moving forward, this industry has to be a much more collaborative one when you consider, you know, the need for data? A hundred percent. Absolutely. It, it, if you ever observe a construction site, it, it, there's a lot of moving parts, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's not, and it's not one company that builds, right? If you've got a, you know, often there's an architect, a group of engineers, you have a, maybe a general contractor overseeing hundreds, if not thousands of subcontractors. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously to, to coordinate that and to pull that all together, there's got to be greater collaboration and information sharing, which historically has been, I think has been a, a big challenge in the industry. Um, yeah, so I, uh, to answer your question in a word, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more collaboration. And I say that because I guess, you know, with the use of data and digitalization, it's quite similar across other industries as well. I am curious, though, Bruce, any chance you would have like a case study or an example of a company that you've helped who has, you know, been able to make that shift from, you know, simply surviving to thriving within the industry thanks to the use of data and digitalization? Yeah, there, we, we have a number of um, you know, excellent case studies because, okay. I, again, we're solving a, a, a real problem. So this isn't like a nice to have and, mm. and just moving the needle a little bit. Um, in addition to the How We Build Now survey, we do an uh, annual ROI report oh. uh, talking to all of our customers around the world. And, and just some incredible statistics that come out of that. Um, one, I'll, I'll just choose an example that's okay. a bit closer to home. Okay. Um, 
Amanda Development, which is a uh, developer in Thailand, uh, users of Procore went through an analysis because they saw there was tremendous inefficiencies that needed to be addressed, and they were looking for that end-to-end project management platform um, that could not only connect their people but also their processes and all their information. And after adopting Procore, they saw that there was a greater than 40% improvement in their in their efficiencies. Um, and that's just one of many examples. Um, if I take one more example, it's a little closer to home. It, it, we just recently uh, signed up a new customer in Singapore who's a data center owner. And there's obviously a lot of growth in the data center space. And they're looking at a hundredfold increase in their data center capacity over the next year and are looking to technology, in this case Procore, to help drive that because they're not going to add 100x uh, increase into their labor. They're actually trying to do a hundred X increase in their capacity with the same resource that they have today. Mm-hmm. So th- this is, I think the, the, the exciting kind of unlocks that are, that are now possible that you know, historically have been holding back the industry. I've been speaking with Bruce Wells, who is vice president of Asia for Procore. Bruce, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.